You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for April 9th, 2020, Maundy Thursday. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Elizabeth Garnsey. It's based on John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, and 31b through 35. As the church that calls itself the body of Christ, tonight is our most bodily night. This is the night when we enact our most ritually charged embodied liturgy of the year. There's no other occasion on which we get as physically and intimately close to one another as on Maundy Thursday, presenting a challenge to the comfort zone for many. But this year, our comfort zones are upended for the opposite reason, namely that we are not allowed to physically connect. Usually, this is the night when we take off our shoes and socks in the church and we get on our knees and put our bare hands on one another's bare feet and wash them in a basin and dry them with a towel, giving no thought to the dirt between the toes or the pedicures or the lack thereof, or the shape or condition of young or old feet. For the church we call the body of Christ, this is the night we become the most bodily connected through touch and contact. Jesus washes his disciples' feet this way to give them an example of how literally and how humbly we should love one another. And at least one of his disciples, Peter, is pushed beyond his comfort zone, and he's not afraid to say so. But Jesus engages his protest. He persuades Peter to accept the love extended to him. I give you a new commandment, Jesus says, plainly as he dries the toes of every last disciple, including the one who would betray him. And he stands up and puts his towel away. Just as I have loved you, he says, you also should love one another. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples. This is the mandatum, the mandate of Maundy Thursday, that we love one another, the good, the bad, the ugly, quite literally right down to our toes. If we can't bring ourselves both to give and to receive such love as Jesus made clear to Peter, we cannot fully live into our humanity. And here Jesus mandates, commands us to do this, to show love like this, to live and serve and love like this. But first we have to learn how to allow Jesus to love us and to come to know and feel what that means. This requires surrendering and trusting that God is loving and benevolent and wants to protect and heal us in hard times. It also requires the humility to ask for help when we need it. It requires a serious willingness to trust God and to trust other people. The beautiful exchange of love and service in our passing of the peace calls that we've been uh, doing in the past few weeks uh, under the direction of Beth Ralston and Community of Hope and so many volunteer callers reaching out to everyone in our parish to find out who needs help and the the witness of, of many people accepting help and asking for it has been the embodiment of this year's foot washing, the loving and serving one another. This kind of exchange of love and service, the giving and receiving of love and aid in all our mutual vulnerability can awaken us, maybe even shock us into our common humanity, if we are willing to be awakened to dig deeper in our spirituality. 
And in our traditional service on this night, we would follow the intimate and loving act of mutual foot washing with a heightened celebration of the Holy Eucharist, heightened because this night commemorates the very night before Jesus died, that night when Jesus shared a meal with his friends that would become for them far more than eating and drinking. On this night, Jesus took ordinary bread at their table, blessed it, broke it, and fed all of them with it, and did the same with ordinary wine. This is my body, broken, and my blood, poured out for you. Whenever you eat it and drink it, do it to remember me. With these actions and words, Jesus imbued the disciples' meal with such a new meaning that it would become their defining practice for the rest of time. Eat my body and drink my blood. It doesn't get more physical than that. Jesus invites us to embody him in our lives by the most literal means there is, by becoming him, becoming that which we eat for the repair of the world. Lastly, on Maundy Thursday, we leave the table for an all-night candlelit vigil in our chapel, our ritual and spiritual way of answering Jesus' invitation to his friends to stay awake with him one hour while he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. Staying awake, another bodily act. And here Jesus poignantly faces his imminent and inescapable betrayal and death. And his last request to us, won't you stay awake with me one hour? Even if spiritually motivated to go the extra hour for our Lord, the body itself fights to give way to exhaustion in that age-old battle, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so then and now, Jesus finds most of us sleeping, eyes heavy. But try we must to stay close to Jesus and the agony of this night. For we have much to learn by watching and praying with Jesus in this moment. The Catholic writer Ronald Rollheiser teaches that the word agony in the first century was associated with athletes preparing for competition. They would work their bodies into a sweat, a lather they called an agony, to warm their muscles and make them ready to enter the stadium for competition. Similarly, in Jesus's agony, it is said that he sweat blood as he readied himself for his imminent suffering. His struggle is not in avoiding his bitter outcome. He made that decision when he set his face toward Jerusalem. In this moment of agony, he faced the choice, would he walk through his trial in love or in bitterness? Rollheiser says, Jesus struggled mightily to cling to a source that could give him the strength to resist the hatred and violence around him, that could give him the heart to forgive his enemies, that could give him the graciousness to forgive the good thief, and that could give him the inner strength to turn humiliation, pain, and injustice into compassion rather than bitterness. And so, having wrestled with God and prepared himself in prayer, Jesus was met with the grace to remain awake to this power of love within him, to see him through his darkest hour. Washing, touching, eating, and drinking the body of Christ 
and staying awake in the agony of this night with Jesus on the side of love. These are the bodily motifs of this liturgical night in our most holy week. This year, we will not wash one another's feet. Instead, in marked contrast, there will be no human touch, no human contact, as we stay away from one another in social distancing, that new phrase of our age. Though with all of the ramped up virtual contact taking place, it might be more accurate to call this physical distancing. It calls to mind the lyrics of a Canadian rock band who had a song, we're all touch and no contact. And now we're all contact, but no touch. We're more socially connected than ever. And we are becoming well-versed in observing a different ritual of washing, that of washing our hands many times a day as a simple act of love that seeks to protect one another and ourselves. Tonight, we are still not able to gather around the altar to eat and drink the bread and wine, and we won't be able to for the foreseeable future. This year, we cannot assemble in our church's sacred space to keep watch with Jesus on the night of his deepest pathos. This year, our common life takes place gathered only around our computer screens, and we celebrate our Eucharistic feast only in a spiritual sense. This year, our, visual, our vigil is virtual, streamed into our homes for anyone with the fortitude to take part in it. We don't have a choice but to drink this cup of physical and liturgical isolation, and it will not pass from us anytime soon. But we have a choice how we will face it. Jesus' actions and words, his example and his gifts to us for this holy night do not go to waste, for they were never meant to be ends in themselves. The power of these sacred mysteries lies in their pointing us beyond ourselves, beyond themselves, to the greater reality that they not only signify, but help to bring to fruition, namely to the kingdom of God within us and among us, our unity in Christ and with Christ and one another, and our total and complete reliance upon the Holy Spirit to sustain us through every one of life's deepest and darkest challenges. That Holy Spirit within us at our core is what this time of confinement can awaken in us if only we will attune ourselves to us, to it. So this night's ritual invitation to prayer is more than ritual for us this year. With all the things we cannot do tonight, the one thing we can do in our solitude, in the words of Jesus we heard some 40 days ago on Ash Wednesday, go into your room and shut the door and pray. And again tonight in dark Gethsemane, he says, stay awake with me one hour. The guiding principles of our faith remain unchanged, unshaken with the change in our circumstances. We are always invited into this deeper spirituality, into a higher level of consciousness and a greater understanding and awakening to the power of the kingdom of God within us. This is always the challenge to a person seeking real faith in good times and bad. The thing about a comfort zone is, there's nothing wrong with it. But as I heard Eckhart Tolle say recently, no one ever awakens in their comfort zone. And so tonight, pray. Pray for courage, resilience, compassion for ourselves and for others, 
during this protracted time outside our comfort zones. Jesus did not look for ways to run away from or avoid the inevitable hardships of his life, but he agonized to face them head on with love and compassion. In the spirit of Jesus, during this bone-wearying marathon of isolation and pandemic, we do well to pay more attention to our inner lives where the power of God dwells than to newscasts and headlines where fear and anxiety live. What we can do tonight is stay awake with Jesus and pray, summoning and drawing upon the Holy Spirit, that spirit who prays with us and for us with groanings too deep for words. Pray that we could walk this way of Jesus' cross and pain this week with compassion and love and find it as he did, none other than the way of life and peace. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.